Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise God. Well, I've got good news. Jesus is risen. Glad you're so excited. Jesus is risen. Gospel of John this morning. We're continuing our study of redemption. Hallelujah. John chapter 3. We saw last week the great redemptive act of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, presently, currently, in heaven, there is a being with a physical body. Amen. Flesh and bone, the Bible says. His blood is on the mercy seat of God Almighty in the throne room of God. And He sits at the right hand of the Father. Exalted. With a name that is above every name. It says in Revelations chapter 1, it says he's the first begotten. Everybody say first begotten. Now, look here in verse, in chapter 3, <clears throat> excuse me, there in verse 1. It says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see, understand, or comprehend, says in the Amplified, be acquainted with or experience, the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, everybody say of water, and of the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, the first thing I want you to recognize is this. The term being born again is a phrase coined by Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that must mean it's a divine phrase. It's, it's, it's got its roots in deity. It means that, that, that Jesus, the Father, the Holy Ghost, God, the three in one, came up with this, quote, concept of being born again. Now, Nicodemus, of course, not having a, a, a spiritual mind, or maybe he did have some type of a spiritual mind, or he would not have asked the question, but actually not being spiritually alive in his spirit, he was still a spiritually dead man. Jesus had not completed redemption. Men were not born again yet. Amen. He began to see, in the light of what Jesus said, his natural mind began to try to figure out what Jesus was talking about. What do you mean, be born again? But now Jesus made this first statement. I thought it's really good. He said, you must be born first of water. Everybody say of water. Now, a lot of, a lot of Christian denominations think that means water baptism. But that does not mean water baptism. Because literally water baptism, it is an ordinance of the church. But water baptism does not save you. Amen. Water baptism is an outward showing of the inward grace in which you've received. That's a real simple explanation of what it is. But Jesus is saying now, in order to be uh, born again, first of all, you have to be born of water. Everybody say of water. 
Now, that's literally talking about physical birth, being birthed uh, of the water, of the birth canal, of the birthing process, that you are born of water. Then it says this, after you're born of water, you must be born of the Spirit. So being born of water puts you into the human family. Being born of the Spirit puts you into God's family. Every person born onto the planet is born into the human family. Amen. You know, uh, we talk about being created in the likeness and image of God. Well, in a sense that is true, but in another sense, none of us are created. We're all the result of a process. There were two that were created, Adam and the woman. Then, because of the law of Genesis, ever seed reproducing after its own kind, we have become not the created of God, we are the procreated of God. Amen. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, reach down here. If you've got a belly button, that means you've got a mother. If you've got a mother, that means you've got a father. If you've got a mother and a father, that means you're procreated. Somebody asked me one time, well, when we get to heaven, will Adam and Eve be the only ones without belly buttons? Well, I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. Maybe so. But here's what I know is that they became the prototype. They became the ones who were, we have coined the phrase, the master copy. They fell into sin. When they fell into sin, they drug all of humanity into what the Bible calls man's condition in Adam. Sinful, separated from God, full of evil, full of wickedness, and then all the negative attributes that the enemy brought in with that, sickness, disease, poverty, depression, Wars, prejudice, hate, you name it, if it's negative, and if it lends itself to stealing, killing, and destroying, it is of the devil. Amen. But then here comes Jesus with this whole brand new concept. Not a concept of obeying a law. That's all they knew was law. They tried to obey the law. It didn't work. The law was not designed to be obeyed. The law was designed to expose sin and unrighteousness. And as long as they did obey it, as much as they could, God blessed them. But when they backed away from it, a curse came upon them. Not a curse of God, but a curse of their own human family. Amen. So Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're going to have to be born of the Spirit. Everybody say, born of the Spirit. Now go to John chapter 20, since we're in John. This is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had risen from the dead. He had showed himself openly to Mary of Magdalene. She was all excited, came running back, told everybody she had seen the Lord. Now notice what it says here in John chapter 20. I think this is neat. John chapter 20. Now let's start in verse 19. John 20, 19 says, Then the same, same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad. I bet that's an understatement. <laughs> Don't you think that would be an understatement? Then were the disciples glad. Then Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now notice this in verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye 
the Holy Ghost. Now, do you see that in your Bible? Now, I know there's a lot of controversy here. There's several uh, different Christian denominations that say this was a command. That, you know, he was telling them, you know, to go and uh, this was part of the command uh, uh, to go to Jerusalem and receive. But that's not what the scripture says. The Bible says, or do you see that in the Bible? The Bible says, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now we know the Bible says, it says in 1 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. That word, all scripture is given by inspiration. That word inspiration is the same word here, the word breathe. We saw when we studied creation that God, what? He breathed life into the human body and man became a living soul. Well, don't you think the same thing would happen? If the new birth was being made available, what would God do? Well, the same thing is giving the word. The same thing in creation, God would do what? He would breathe his what? His breath, the life of God. And literally, this is the first time when people got born again. All of those that were in the room, the Bible says the disciples, we know Judas had gone out and hanged himself, but we know there was at least 11. There may have been more that were in there at that time, but however many were in there, first of all, he walks through the wall. I've always said that about Jesus. Walls are never problems. He doesn't go over them, under them. He just walks right through them. Amen. And secondly, he begins to do what? Show them his hands and his side. Well, that's a pretty easy altar call to give. Amen. When you've walked through a wall and people begin to recognize who you are, that just a few uh, uh, days earlier you were hanging on a cross and dying and bleeding, and now there you are and you are openly showing the wounds that have now healed in your hand and your side. And then the Bible says, he, what? he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They got born. That's the easiest altar call anybody ever gave. And right then and there, for the first time since Adam's fall, there were men and, I guess, women on the planet who were now united to God spiritually. That connection that had been broken through the sin of Adam and the woman was now healed. And now God was back in union with his creation. And there were men and women on the earth who were now born again. Oh, aren't you glad? I said, aren't you glad? Now, now, first of all, let's look at something real quick. We'll go to Revelations, then we'll go to 2 Corinthians. Go to Revelations chapter 1. Let's look at this just for a moment. I know there's people always trying to twist stuff around, make stuff sound crazier than it is. Amen? Now, I love this. I love this. I'm going to start in verse 4. John to the seven churches, Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. Seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Now notice this. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, Unto him that loved us, I love this, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion and forever. Amen. Wow, isn't that some good news? Now, people say, well, was Jesus, quote, born again? Now, let me help you. 
Jesus was the first begotten from the dead. That's what the word says. Now, let me, let me help you. He was a whole lot more than just born again. You say, well, now what do you mean? He was a whole lot more than just born again. He entered back into a position of deity. Actually, we know by the teaching of the Word of God out of Philippians that he now has a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. So he has come back in. I like to say it like this. He relinquished a position of deity in heaven to come down and get into a human body. Then he served his way back into a higher position by being the first begotten of God. Now we get to become partakers of the divine nature through his finished work, and because he is the first begotten of God, we can be born again. One of the great mysteries of the gospel is that deity can take on humanity and then move back into a place of deity and humanity can take on the divine nature and still remain humanity. So he's the first begotten of God. He come out of that grave victorious over death, over hell, over the grave, over sickness, over poverty, over lack, over depression, over everything. For this reason, the Bible says in First in in John, for this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy. Everybody say destroy. That word in the, in the Greek is loosen and dissolve, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So if you can come up with any works that the devil has done, Jesus has already destroyed them. The Bible says in Colossians that he spoiled principality and powers, that he made a show of them openly. Listen, he became the ultimate conqueror. I said he became the ultimate conqueror so that we could be more than a conqueror. Mm-mm-mm. How did I write this last night? Jesus was more than just born again. He is the first begotten of the dead. He has moved back into a place of deity with a name above every name. Although, although being born again, the human, although when we are born again, the human retains his humanity, but becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Now, understand this. We've studied the word covenant a little bit. We'll get back into the word covenant a little later. Jesus cut a blood covenant with God. You didn't. I said, you didn't. He did. But because you by faith have received him as Lord and Savior, you get to get in on it. You get to get. You say, well, why didn't he cut a covenant with me? Because you'd have messed it up. You'd have messed it up. Amen. So he cut it with somebody who wouldn't mess it up. He cut it with somebody who would make sure that it gets implemented the way it should be implemented. He cut it with somebody that would sit at his right hand in a place of authority. And he cut it with somebody who would make sure that when somebody believes on it, they would get everything that it means. So we are now in covenant with God through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, now there's always people trying to say, well, aren't we in covenant with one another? And this, Yeah, but it is so much lesser. When you understand what God has done for us in Christ, in the shedding of his blood, in the breaking of his body, in the suffering three days and three nights, in the raising from the dead, in the presenting his blood and and himself in the holy of holies of God, in obtaining eternal salvation for us, when you begin to realize what he has done for us, there is nothing that no human being can do or has ever done that could ever equal to it. 
So we might as well just go ahead and rejoice in what he has done and realize that when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we obtain something already supplied for us over 2,000 years ago and we get in on a God covenant and we move right into the family of God as sons and daughters. Not as servants, but as sons and daughters. Amen? Now let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, I know that we, we, we love verse 17. That's the, that's the scripture we're going to end up. But we've got to read verse 16. Mm-mm. Now we're going to begin to get into some things. This week, next week, the next couple of weeks. We're going to begin to dig into the letters to the church. Many Christian denominations... In fact, I know of one particular denomination in their uh, theological seminaries. They have made the statement, we wish these letters were not in the Bible. We do not understand whether they are to be in another time, another dispensation, whether they're relevant to us now. We do not, quote, understand this. Now, if you, uh, I challenge you. To go and, and, and look on the internet and, and, and maybe if there's some of them that are on the uh, TV, watch some of their services. Many, most of, inclusively, most of the denominational churches will not preach anything out of, quote, the letters. You say, why not? They don't understand it. They must be spiritually discerned. I like to say it like this. This is just my opinion. This is not doctrine, just my opinion. I don't believe you can have an understanding of the letters to the church. When I mean the letters to the church, Romans, uh, you know, Romans through Revelation, you cannot have a true spiritual understanding unless you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. I think one of the reasons for the baptism in the Holy Ghost is to help us have revelation of these letters. Because you can sit down with, with a person that's, that's got a, a degree uh, from their denomination. I know when I went to Bible school, Brother Osteen said he got a, a doctor of divinity from John Brown University. He said, I did not have any understanding of these letters, none whatsoever. He said, I would not preach on it. And the one time he tried to preach, he said one time he was going to preach on the, on the gifts of the Spirit out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, he said he began to talk about, you know, how the word of, uh, of wisdom was all of the great Baptist universities, the word of knowledge is what they taught, gifts of healing were all the great Baptist hospitals. He said a spirit of confusion came upon him. He said, after preaching for about 20 minutes, he stood in front of his congregation and said, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Let's come back tonight and see if I can come up with something else because I, I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. Well, I believe you need the Holy Ghost. I believe you need the Holy Ghost to have understanding. Now, let's just imagine in a, for a moment. We're in a big camp meeting in Jerusalem 2,000 and some years ago. Jesus is risen. Many years back, Jesus was risen. The move of God is going strong. Uh, we've got great speakers in our camp meeting. We've got the Apostle Peter. We've got the pastor of the church, uh, James, amen, pastoring the church in Jerusalem. Uh, we've invited another uh, preacher uh, called uh, Paul the Apostle, amen. And you know, Peter, he gets up and he preaches his messages on, oh man, I'm telling you, uh, I know I walked with Jesus and I talked with Jesus. And he begins to tell about the miracles that he saw and the healings and all that kind of stuff. And, and James, you know, James was, his, was basically his, his, his brother. Uh, they had the same mother, not the same father, had the same mother. And uh, he began to talk about, yeah, I grew up and they talked about Jesus. But then here comes this guy, Paul. Now listen to what he preaches. Verse 16. 
Verse 16 of, of 2 Corinthians chapter. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Now let me read that in the Amplified. This might help you. It says, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from purely a human point of view in terms of natural standards or value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we no longer view him in terms of the flesh. Now, so here comes Peter, and he's preaching. Hey, I got out of the boat. I walked on the water with him. He got in my boat. We caught a bunch of fish. I saw him raise uh, Lazarus from the dead. So then Paul gets up and preached. That's all well and good, but that doesn't mean nothing. That's probably what happened right there. Everybody probably went. Now, that doesn't mean there's no relevance to the Gospels. That doesn't, but it's literally saying... We knew him after the flesh. We knew the babe in the manger. We knew the one baptized in the Jordan. We knew the one that healed the woman with the issue of blood. We knew the one that healed the ten lepers. We knew the one that raised Lazarus from the dead. We knew the one that fed us with the bread and the fish. But now the portrait painted by his presence on earth must be set aside as we look at the x-ray of what this really means. Because if we can see behind the scenes, if we can see who he is, then we can see ourselves. Now notice what he says. Let me read these two scriptures together. You'll have an understanding of it. It says, where am I at? Chapter 5, verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. That means you've got to look at every person out there. You can't look and say, oh, they're rich, they're poor, they're black, they're white, they're drug addicts, they're rich bankers. You can't look at people like that. I said, you've got to look at all of them and either saved or sinners. And if they're saved, they're your brother or sister. If they're sinners, they need salvation. Amen. So we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, henceforth know we him no more. Therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. So that must mean when a person gets born again, he becomes, now this is very important, a new creature. And listen, people get up and say, oh, I tell you, I got saved, everything changed. Well, there may have been some change after you got saved, but you did not get born again to be changed. You got born again to be made brand new. There's a difference between being made brand new and changing. Let me illustrate. Today is a, a, a nice spring day. We're having a nice spring day. It's warming up. Uh, they say it may warm up to 80 today. Beautiful. Great. Hallelujah. But did you know by the end of the week or by the middle of the week, it might be raining. There's a change, but it'll change back, and it'll change again, and it'll change again. Change is perpetual. So God didn't, Jesus didn't die so that you could change. He died so that you could be what? A brand new creature. 
Jesus became the new prototype. He became the new master copy. Humanity was flawed in Adam's sin and began to reproduce after its own kind. You were born through the water of the birth canal. Now you are born again. Now you are what? Made in the likeness and image of God. Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. And you are a what? Not a changed old sinner. You are a new creature. I said you are a new creature. I said, you're a brand new creature. I, I, I was so impressed when I heard this testimony years ago. I forget what minister gave the testimony, but it was some partner in their ministry that was, got some teaching on faith and was believing God for a, for a washer and dryer. And, you know, they, they sowed some money, and these, the, the, the individual was a faithful member of their church and sowed some money and believed they, you know, I believe I receive a washer. So they were just praying, fellowshipping with God one day, and they said this. They said the, 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 this, it was a lady, it was a, it was a certain lady, said that she said to the Lord, Lord, I believe I receive a washer and dryer, and I believe I receive it on my birthday. And so she just stood in faith. Well, her birthday came and, 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 and went, and she was like, and well, I still, I, I still believe I received my washer and my dryer. And about three months after her birthday, at about 11.30 at night, she got a phone call. And it was a person that she knew in the church. And they said, listen, we've just gone out and bought a brand new washer and dryer. We're on our way home with it right now. And God spoke to us. I mean, just spoke to us so powerfully that this is not our washer and dryer. It belongs to you. And we've got to get it to you before midnight. Can we come right now and deliver that washer and dryer? Well, she was thrilled that her prayer was answered. She was like, praise God. Yeah, bring it right now. And there she stood. And they brought it in, set it up, and it was working. And, you know, then they left. And she said, she put her hands up as she stood in front of her dryer and began to thank God. And then she said this. She said, Lord, I have a question for you. She said, uh, I, 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 I thank you so much for this washer and dryer. But I, 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 I must have messed up somewhere in believing you and asking you for it on my birthday. And the Lord spoke to her and said, no, you didn't. And she said, what do you mean? He said, no, you didn't. I gave it to you on your birthday. And she began to think back in some 20-something years before at about 11.30, 12 o'clock at night after attending a youth service as a child in her room, she got on her knees and got born again. And Jesus not only gave it to her on the exact day, but the exact time she became a new creature. Which means God does not know you after your first birth. <laughs> God does not know you after your first birth. He does not know you used to be this and you used to be. That's why I say there are no X's in the Bible. Well, I'm just an ex-drug addict. I'm a, and then, you know, they've devalued. So we're just all poor old sinners saved by grace. No, we're not. We were poor old sinners. Grace came into our life and saved us. And now we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And God does not know what you used to be. He did not know you were this and that. He does not know that about you. All he knows is the blood that's on the mercy seat, the marks of the covenant that are on his son, and that you have adhered to that through faith. And now you are his child. And your true birthday is not the day you were born onto this planet, but the day you got born again from above. How's my time? Oh, my goodness, where's our time go? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, I love this. Old things are passed away. Read it in the Amplified. 
Therefore, if any man is engrafted into Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has what? Passed away. Old things have passed away. You just need to let it die, folks. I said you just need to let it go. You say, well, how can it die? Well, God provided a cross. That's why Paul said the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved. It is the what? The power of God. God gave you a place to die, to die to your addictions, to die to the passions of sin, to die to who you were so that you might become who he says you are. Old things have passed away. Let them pass away. I've always said, you know, and you know, people get mad at me for saying it, but it's true. You don't need to go back and rehearse your old sinful past. So, you know, I got all my old rock and roll records, my high school annual. Every once in a while, I love to go in and put on the Doobie Brothers. Get out my high school annual. We all had long hair. and Go walk down memory lane. It's so get Listen, that's why you're having so much problem serving God. You keep dragging up your old dead past. Listen, get the Doobie Brothers poster off your wall. Amen. Throw away your bong. I know you use it for flowers now, but throw it away. It's just a reminder of your past. Come on, church. Somebody ought to say amen. Get rid of all that stuff that reminds you of who you were. You say, why, you are now dead to that. You are not the person that you used to be. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Get rid of the reminders. Get rid of all of that stuff. You say, why, because that's just going to hinder your walk with God? That's just going to hinder your walk with God. You don't need that stuff. You don't need to dredge up and drag up all of that garbage. And I want you to know, you can use this scripture for anything you need. You say, well, I tell you what, I suffered with diabetes. I suffered with arthritis. I had cancer. Listen, that's all passed away. You're a new creature. The new creature's not a sick creature. The new creature's not a poor creature. The new creature's not a depressed, a depressed creature. The new creature is a new creature in Christ. In Christ. Old things have passed away. Now, I like the next phrase. We'll close with this. Old things have passed away. Behold. That means look and see. Behold, all things are become new. I mean, the day you get born again, you became a brand new creature in Christ. Now listen, this is a spiritual condition. The old you died. You say, where did it die? It died on that cross. We're going to study that next week. We're going to study how powerful death is. How Jesus gave you, you know the Muslims, I'll just throw this out, kind of a preview of things to come. Muslims pray this prayer. Oh God, they pray this prayer. They pray to Allah. Oh Allah, oh God, for a death in which there is no life. So that we might have a life in which there is no death. Did you know God answered their prayer in Christ? A death in which if you will learn to enter into what? The death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Old things pass away. You can turn from your past. You can turn from past addictions, past relationships, past hates, past prejudice. You can turn from it because you're dead to it. And you can turn to your new future and everything is what? Brand new. That's why when people talk to you on the street that used to know you and say things like, uh, you're not the same person you used to be, you can say, I'm not. 
That person you used to know. I've told people this. I don't know how many times. That person you used to know. That person you used to party with. That person you used to run with. That person that used to just do the same thing. That person is dead. And they'll look at you and say, no, you're standing right there. No, no, that person's dead. No, no, I see you standing right there. No, 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 no. That person's dead. The real me, the spirit me, that person's dead. And me, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm trying to tell you about this Jesus so that you can become a new creature. You can get born again. All things can pass away. All things can become new. What a powerful, that's the power of salvation. Now, let me just say this and we'll close. Second time. Now that you're new, change is now possible. Now that you're a new creature, what has, what has so radically been recreated? In you, before salvation, was something called iniquity. Iniquity is a spiritual impartation from your adversary, the devil. It came into humanity through Adam's fall. The Bible says of Lucifer, he was perfect in the day in which he was created until iniquity was found in him. What is iniquity? Selfishness. Everything's about me. Everything's about me. But when you were born again, that iniquity was severed. Or, if you want to stay scriptural, circumcised. Cut away. Out of your spirit. And something brand new was imparted. You say, what was that? Righteousness. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. You say, well, pastor, you know, I'm working on my righteousness. I believe one day if I do good works, if I go to the tent ministry, if I go down to the street ministry, work in the jail, if I do enough, maybe one day. No, no, no. You're born again righteous. You're born again. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. You're born again into the same right standing with God that Jesus Christ himself has. Let me say that again. You need to hear. You say, well, how's that relevant to my big toe? It hurts. I need healing. It's relevant. How's that relevant? I need $146 to pay my light bill. It's relevant. You now have the same right standing with God. Now, see, men of old, Isaiah, they longed for that. They knew, they felt, they sensed that spiritual separation from their God. They longed to be united. David longed for it. Solomon longed. They knew that their spirits were dead. They died in faith, having not yet received the promise. But now you, the Bible says, many of the prophets and kings looked into these things and said, we wish we could have it, but they didn't get it. But you've got it. Now, not based on any works of righteousness which you performed, says in the book of Titus, but according to his mercy. He has brought us into union with God. And we have the same right standing with God that Jesus Christ himself has. Are you ready? And he sits at the right hand of the Father to make sure of it. So when you're in crisis of life, when you're just coming to God in prayer, your Lord and Savior is there to put his arm around you and say, He's just like me. I'm the first begotten. He's born again. He's your child. And you know what God says? Yes, he is. Justified by the blood. Washed sins washed away. A new creature. Old things have passed away. Look and see. All things 
are brand new. Amen. Don't you love the Lord? Put your hands up and just worship Him for a minute. Father, we worship You. Thank You for the new birth. Thank You that we're born again. That You breathed on us and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And that Spirit has come to abide on the inside. And because of that, we all are new creatures in Christ. Old things are past is gone, eradicated. The blood has washed our sins away and the cross has eradicated our past so that our future is not tied to our past, but our future is tied to our Savior. We thank you for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Everybody says? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Real quick, just for a moment. I know most everybody, but I want to make sure. You say, Pastor, I don't know if that's true of me. I don't know. I've not been living right. I've not been doing right. I need to be right with God this morning. Please pray with me. If there's anybody like that, lift their hand right now. You say, I, I, I want to be sure. We see one hand there. You can put it down once you've raised it. Anyone else? You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to be sure that I'm born again. I want to be sure that I'm a new creature. I want to be sure that my sins are washed away. Anyone else? Real quick, I'm going to look one more time. Praise God. Everybody look this way. Stand on your feet. This one brother, raise your hand. Come here. Let's pray together. Give him a hand clap as he comes. Amen. Give him a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Now, it's that simple. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe Jesus came to the earth, born of his heavenly Father, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, rose from the dead, and that he did it for you? Then all you have to do is confess that with your mouth, and everything we talked about this morning becomes yours. Isn't that good? And any things that may be in your life, that's causing you harm, trouble, or problems right now. God is going to take that from you. And all of the sin and stuff that is, he washes away, washes it, the Bible says, white as snow. You become a brand new creature. You get a brand new start. All of us have experienced. Can I get a better amen? All of us have experienced. We want you to experience that today. So pray with me out loud so your own ears can hear what your voice is saying. And they're going to pray with you too to help you. Amen. You ready? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. right now, right now. openly, and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father. You sent Jesus. He died for me. He rose for me. He sits at your right hand for me today. And I accept him as my Lord, my Savior, my King, my God. I thank you, Father. His finished work has washed away all of my sins. My past is gone. My sins are gone. I am now a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Father, areas of my life that don't please you, I thank you, you forgive me. And you've broken the power of the devil over my life. Every addiction, every problem, is broken in Jesus' name, and I receive it. Thank you, Father. I am now your child. I am now born again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give him a hug right there. Praise God. One of you ushers, the guys, Doc, he's got a couple of books. Wave at us, Doc. He's right here. Look right there. Go over here. He's got a couple of free books. Give him a big hand clap. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Come on, give him a big hand clap this morning. Isn't that good? Oh, come on, isn't that good? I mean, that makes worth it, coming to church right there. 
Uh, that man means everything. Lift your hands up and worship God one more time. Father, we worship you. We pray for our brother right now. Let this be reality to him. Thank you for those beautiful tears of repentance coming to Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.